Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this second day of August uh, 2022. We have preseason NFL football Thursday. I cannot believe it. Uh, the Hall of Fame game, they're usually terrible. Nobody plays starters in it, but it is football. Got a big show tonight, everybody. Of course, a lot of breaking news over the past few days, particularly uh, today, Juan Soto, uh, big move, big trade by the San Diego Padres. Big kudos to them. I'll talk a little bit about that. Also, uh, Deshaun Watson, about what I said, and I'm going to go over how the NFL is really hypocritical, really don't care. This is all for imaging, very inconsistent. Uh, got a really good quote, recruiting pitch by Jimbo Fisher, why he's really uh, why Nick Saban feels such a threat by this guy. Really good little uh, speech he did on um, recruitment pitch off the top of his head to the Colin Cowherd show. Also, but for uh, Bill Russell, remembering Bill Russell, we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, let's talk about Stephen Ross. Uh you may have heard uh, earlier this afternoon, NFL notified the Dolphins on Tuesday that the team would be stripped of their 2023 first round pick, among other disciplinary measures for violation of league policies related to the integrity of the game. This is following a six month investigation. Now, this is coming from the allegations about the Brian Flores uh, that, that went on with his firing, everybody. Uh, the accusations of him and his uh, his firing and the alle- uh, allegations of um, tampering, the report of the Boston Globe that he had contacted and the Miami Dolphins have contacted Tom Brady. They had this great, big uh, grand scheme of things to get uh, – Tom Brady there, even when he was still technically under contract. Again, remember I talked about this back when this story first broke. I believe it because it sounds very Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross-like, stupid, sloppy, and it was true. Uh, he, he did reach out to then, although retired, uh, Sean Payton still, and Ross knew this, uh, the Saints still had his rights because they still had uh, Sean Payton, the Saints coach, under contract. And, of course, Tom Brady was under contract. There were promises of ownership uh, with Brady. And as be a player also, 40-something years old, 45. And then Sean Payton was going to come in uh, very sloppy, very telegraphed. And it's what I've been telling you about this team for a while under his leadership. Uh, so he gets in trouble. He can't, uh, he was fined a million and a half dollars. He can't be on the facility until October. I want to say, what does this say? Uh, for and an additional, they get a first round pick also, uh, will forfeit in the, uh, the Dolphins will forfeit their, uh, 2024 third round selection. Uh, he can't come back until after, through uh, after October 17th, still feels like a slap on the wrist, if you ask me. Uh, the investigation, they did not find tampering, quote unquote, uh, to the uh, paying Brian Flores to lose football games, but they did see evidence of him not being serious, Pickles not being serious about uh, paying Brian Flores to tank games. Now, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i suspicious about the NFL saying that they did not find any serious intentions for the Dolphins to lose games in 2019. Now, rewind this story back a little bit. They wanted to get Joe Burrow. They wanted to get the guy who was in the Super Bowl last year, okay? That's who they wanted to get. Now, now to my notes, after doing a little bit of research, again, 
I told you all that for those of you all that follow this program on a, a, a weekly basis, know that I totally believed it because it sounds totally sloppy and inauthentic. Stephen Ross. Okay. Now, since he has been there, he buys this team, I want to say. Let me go back to the beginning of my I got a lot of notes on this guy. So he buys this team in 2008. Since then, as I mentioned before about Stephen Ross, he's always trying to make big splashes without no planning or nothing. First, it came with, here's just a, a list of things. Do you guys remember uh, the Bullygate scandal uh, with, with Richie Incognito and uh, uh, what's this guy, Jonathan Martin? That was a big scandal. There, they're loud. Uh, he, his coaches he hires, they run a loose ship. They're always trying to cut corners. Uh, I mentioned before, he, 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 he brings in these celebrities and make them minority owners just to make the headlines. They overpaid for Adamican Sue in 2014, made huge headlines, hundred-plus million dollar contract, did not amount to nothing. Very sloppy and and predictable. Justin, let's go up a little bit farther in the years. 2017, he has a, a offensive line. You can't make this stuff up, Coach uh, or, or Pickles and and my New Yorker. 2017, Chris Forster. Uh, offensive line coach is what is, is looked to be, and I want to say he finally admitted it, sniffing cocaine on the video to a hooker and sending that video to the hooker, and then the hooker uh, sends that video out to the public. He resigns. It's just like the show Ballers. It's just like the show Playmakers that the NFL wanted ESPN to take off. This is the real thing. Ballers presented they had the right. And I think if you ask me, uh, Stephen Ross signed off on that. The show Ballers on HBO, Pickles. The show Ballers, where they they portrayed a dysfunctional Miami Dolphin team. And it it made the team at, look, look in a bad light. But they authentically used, anybody that's watched the show Ballers with The, with the Rock, I, I hated that it canceled. I, I liked it. It was really good. Uh, the dysfunction of the Miami Dolphins, he had to sign off on that. So he's one of these owners where any kind of publicity is good publicity, no matter if it is bad publicity. So we had the Richie Incognito deal, and Dominican Sue, who was sometimes forgetting his shoes, coming out without his shoes on when they're in warm-ups after he signed that massive contract. Uh, the Richie, uh, like I said, we, we we mentioned that. Now we've got this, uh, the allegations of paying Brian Flores uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to tank, purposely tank games. And Flores should be upset about that because you are judged on wins and losses, even though they did have two winning seasons in a row. Uh, he fires them anyways because he has this big grand scheme of uh, uh, plan to go after Tom Brady and Sean Payton, even though they're still under contract, knowing, knowing the fact that he's on this team since 2008, that that is illegal. But this guy, I think he probably liked this. His lawyer put out a statement. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you really got to be frustrated with this. You know, they look like they're on the right track. I do like Chris Greer, the general manager. Uh, I like some of the moves he's made. Uh, I wouldn't have paid all that money for uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't have paid all that draft pick, but I do like the hire he made, and I like where they're going. I do like where they're going. Jalen Waddle, uh, the defense. I probably would have tried to work it out with Flores, the fact that he beat Belichick twice. I just call balls and strikes. But, again, I just do not – uh, I don't buy the fact that the NFL did not think that he wasn't serious about tanking games. And I don't know why the NFL did not want to throw the books. Because, you know, Calvin Ridley was suspended 
for integrity of the game, and air quotes, for one year, okay, the NFL found some evidence of that being talked about. Fired Dan Campbell for Flores. Yeah, yeah. My uh, 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 Pickle says billionaires are control freaks. Yeah, they want to do crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. That there's no there's no long-term plans with Stephen Ross since he took over in 2008. Uh, it's like, Scheme of the this guy, I think he started those Equinox gyms, and that's and, and he had a real estate background. Uh, but that doesn't make him smart in NFL. That doesn't make Jerry Jones a NFL expert and player personnel. Like Jimmy Johnson said to Jerry Jones, uh, I've been doing this for 30 years. When you were been doing business for 30 years, I've been coaching and player developed for 30 years. Stephen Ross is one of those guys, in my opinion, backed up by this evidence and this history of just throwing things together, asking management to do crazy stuff, and, and sometimes, and we've proven it, it just got, it's got pretty harsh suspension that are unethical, okay? And it is his disgrace, quite frankly, and I don't know, I don't know why, the NFL didn't did not go harder on him uh, and possibly make him sell this team. Now maybe they they feel like maybe they'll get sued. Uh, maybe this evidence isn't strong enough. But I'm just not a big Stephen Ross fan. I just think he is pretty close to Daniel Snyder. And by the way, I've talked to people, former friend of friends and former players from them during while Stephen Ross is on this team. There's also um, major brawls in the locker room uh, that's not being talked about. Players getting totally trashed before games and coming in. It's it's as bad as the Playmaker show, the hit show. Carlos, we're about the same age, bad New Yorker uh, Playmakers that came out in the early 2000s. Uh, the NFL didn't like it. It was too close to home. ESPN took it off. Really good show. But it's really dark like that down there. And I, I basically, I'm just telling you, I'm not surprised by the history of this. Uh, this is not the Jimmy Johnson Dolphins. And this, like I said, this is nowhere near the Don Chula and the 72 Dolphins where he would find you if you fought. If you fought in practice, Don Chula would find you. Now, we're talking a few ownerships later, 2008, you club chaos down there in Miami. Okay. So, speaking of dysfunction, now, you guys watch Sportscope because, you know, I'm pretty good at this stuff, you know. I don't have too much of a life outside of this. So I'll drive about 12 hours a day. Hopefully, that'll change. We'll find out an announcement on that here in a few weeks. Hopefully, that'll change sooner than later. But a lot of what I said has come to fruition. Uh, Sean Watson, I said between six and eight games seems fair. Okay, that news came out on Monday. It's six games. I'm listening to Get Up. I'm listening to, I'm reading Pro Football Focus. They actually scooped ESPN and Adam Scheffner. And that's why I went on and, and, and made that announcement here on Sportscope Monday morning around 7.20 Central Time, about 40 minutes before the actual announcement was supposed to be made that Watson will be suspended for six games. Okay. I'm going to play a couple of sound bites here from Adam Scheffner, if I can find them. Okay, let me get my other tablet out here. I'm doing tablet hunting. And Scheffner talks about how this went down and who, how this went down and, and, and what the NFL approved with the Players Association. That's the key with the Players Association and how they found this person, Judge Sue Robertson. This is an unorthodox, excuse me, this is an unorthodox way of going about this, uh, this type of hearing and punishment and situation rather than uh, the judge, jury, and uh, judge, jury, and 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 uh, executioner being Roger Cadell, which I think was a really smart move. Kudos to the NFL. Here's uh, 
Adam Scheffner explaining this process on Get Up ESPN Monday. By the four of the best evidence, which means the most text messages, uh, the most evidence of these 24 cases that are civil suits. Now, mind you, let's do a little refresher here. This, there were uh, two, two jurisdictions, two jurisdictions that said they didn't have enough uh, evidence to criminally charge Deshaun Watson to criminally charge Deshaun Watson. So this person with the NFL, a retired federal court judge, took those evidence, evidence from the the cases that had the most evidence, text message, any kind of notification, and then she came up with six games. Then Scheffner, this is a longer soundbite, but this is crucial. Then he explains why they really should stay with this because both sides, the NFLPA and the NFL, agreed to this, okay? The NFLPA said beforehand they're not going to appeal this thing, all right? They're not going to appeal this, and I'm sure Watson, even though he's publicly saying he's a little disappointed, he's got to be pretty happy about this. But here's a longer soundbite explaining uh, this process. We're right. trying to deal with it as best we can, real time. Go ahead, Chef Team. Well, to add on to what Kimberly and RC were saying, here's the difference in all those particular cases. The NFL controlled the disciplinary process with DeAndre Hopkins, with Calvin Ridley. It was collectively bargained. In this particular case, Sue L. Robinson, the retired former federal judge, was jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA. This is the first case that she ruled on. So this is her decision on Deshaun Watson, whereas the other decisions, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley, they came strictly from the National Football League. The league controlled that process, made the decision on that process. The NFL did not control this process other than jointly agreeing with the Players Association to appoint Sue Robinson made the first ruling that she has under the new collective bargaining agreement. So this is her determination on this case, totally separate. These are independent cases from one another. Whether people agree or disagree with it and try to compare the lengths, they can't be compared because this is her ruling. Now, the NFL has a chance to take back the case if it decides to appeal it and send it to Roger Goodell or Roger Goodell's designee. That's the decision the league has to make in the next three days. And if that decision is such that they want to challenge it, then this case will go on, then the uh, NFLPA could wind up suing, and this could go on for a long time. That's what, that's that's the bullet shot right there I wanted you all to hear. That if they do want to, they meaning Roger Cradell and his ego, want to... Uh, add games. The NFLPA can and should sue him. And this will drag out in court for years. And then there will be a stay on these games and he'll be able to play. All right? And what that will do is what I've been saying the whole time is that this this is what my issue with Roger Cadell is. This keeps this in the news this negative tip, this negative energy, this negative vibe, this keeps that negativity in the news. You keep the NFL in the news for all the wrong reasons when you do that. So my thing is, uh, if you don't want to use this arbitrator, use another judge or whatever to do that. I understand that. But if they do that, this is looks bad for the league. Uh, it, 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 it looks bad uh, for all parties. It looks bad for Roger Goodell. It looks bad for the owners. It looks bad for the players. 
So I will let it be like the uh, uh, Beatles song says. And again, listen, like I said, that that's what I said in the in the um, in the title here. The NFL, they don't care. All right. First of all, you had a owner that another owner, uh, Robert Kraft, who was charged. By the way, Sean Watson wasn't charged. He wasn't criminally charged. He's been sued. The Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, which uh, higher standard. This is what Cadell said. There's a higher standard for owners. He was charged with two counts of soliciting prostitution. And that was with the besides gate. Okay. Uh, he beat the case. Nothing. There's no, this is all about the shield. There's, there, there was no penalty, no fine, no suspension, nothing. All right. All right. So one case, if the people who's defending the, uh, uh, the, the the league and saying uh, these moralists, they're saying that, that that Watson needs to have the book thrown out of him. Let me tell you this. Let me remind you this. This is why I'm the best in the country at this. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, who played in the Super Bowl this past year in college in 2014. Let me make sure I got this right. Broke a woman's jaw. This is what I got off Google. This was in, in, and of course, this was in uh, freshman year, Oklahoma. Mixon was arrested and charged with punching a woman in the face at a cafe, breaking four bones in her face in July of 2014. We're talking nine years ago, uh, eight years ago, before his freshman season with the Sooners began. He entered a Alfred plea, maintaining his innocence to recognize the evidence against him and received a deferred sentence, okay? And he was later, he was later uh, uh, suspended for that year. Uh, Bob Stoops suspended him. Why was he, why was he drafted in the NFL in the second round in 2017 by the Cincinnati Bengals and not suspended for a year? Why was Ray Rice, who was in his 30s, initially suspended for two games and then suspended for the rest of the season and nobody never signed Ray Rice, but this guy is drafted in the second round, never suspended, uh, and, and, and played in the Super Bowl last year and got an extension with the Cincinnati Bengals. So my point is the NFL acts like they care, and they don't care. And I understand that it's a business and they don't care. All I ask for is just be consistent with your suspensions, okay, and not try to throw the book at some guys just because you like the way the wind's blowing. If you were consistent, this guy would never play a down in the NFL. If you're consistent, you would look a little farther in those Stephen Ross messages about making asking Brian Flores to lose games. All right. And then they turn around because the winds blow in a certain way and and, and suspend Tom Brady for deflated footballs for four uh for four games. But they suspend Calvin Ridley for a whole year for gambling. And this Stephen Ross is not even suspended a year. So there's just a big amount. It, it's whatever way the wind is blowing here, and like I said from the very big, from the very get go, get out of the investigation business, Roger Cadell. Stop making it about you. They've made they they moved off of him doing these investigations and got an independent arbiter that he. Uh, that the air quote league and and the PA the NFL PA both have agreed to. They've got that. That's a step in the right direction. And I understand it's a private business, and you want to the integrity of the shield. If you're trying to protect protect that shield, you would have suspended 
according to these rules, because you suspended Ben Roethlisberger for six games for two charges that were dropped. Why didn't you suspend and fine uh, Robert Kraft for going to a massage parlor? Because his charges were dropped also. There's no rhyme or reason. They're just, they don't care. That, that Joe Mixon video, guys, is still on YouTube. Type in Joe Mixon punches woman. Type in Joe Mixon punches woman. Okay? Why is he playing in the NFL? Because they don't care. So my issue, why there are people like, why are you so mad? Because people on Twitter, blue checkmark reporters, sports people, ex-players are so outraged by Deshaun Watson, but they still watch the NFL and act like this Joe Mixon thing never happened. Now, my um, my thing about Deshaun Watson, why I'm okay with him being suspended six games because when the first allegation came about, he knew, he knew that there were other cases. The New York Times report came out that he he had sixty six uh, different therapies he went to, in air quotes, okay. And when the first one came out, he should have settled it instead of taking the high ground because he knew what he did or uh, uh, so any kind of solicitation that he may have done. Now he's admitting, air quote, something happened. Something happened in these massages. So I'm okay with him. Uh, he endangered the integrity. He endangered the shield. He embarrassed the shield. My parents used to tell me when I go in the grocery store as a kid with them, don't embarrass me in here. You know, where I go into a toy store or something. Don't embarrass me. In other words, don't bug me about, so he embarrassed the shield. Now it sounds like that that you know Watson's got a problem, and that's a real thing now. Ask Tiger Woods. Uh, he he's went to uh, ask Chris Rock. Chris Rock said he went to therapy for porn addiction. Uh, Tiger Woods it went to a sex addiction clinic after what happened in two thousand eight with him. I think I think he's probably got a problem. Judging by everything I read uh, in these situations. You know, the, but the fact that he did not uh, take care of this situation and it stayed in the news this long, uh, he deserves the six games for that and should be happy for the six games. All right. So that's the criminal opinion of it. Again, like we talked about a few months ago, and I thought that six games would be about it. Okay, so let's look at those six games with Jacoby Brissett, who I'm not in love with. I do not know why they got rid of Casey Keenum pickles. Uh, Beats all I've ever seen. Okay, so let's go back here and look at these six games that they've got coming up. And quite frankly, it doesn't look too bad. They play against former... Cleveland Brown, probably from everything I'm reading now, we're, it's just August 2nd. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is going to win that job. They're going to play against former uh, Cleveland Brown with Jacoby Brissett. Now, this is a good roster. This is a good roster. And, and maybe if the NFL does something crazy and the suspension gets longer, but but uh, the PA will sue. So Deshaun Watson will be playing anyways. But this six games – does Jimmy Garoppolo get cut and play with Cleveland for six games? I don't know. I would take a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo over Jacoby Brissett. So my thing is, they play at the at the Panthers, very winnable week one. Still got a really good offensive line. Still got a really good defensive line. Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, really good secondary. Got a good shot to go down there and beat them. Probably be a one-score game there, guys. I'd say maybe Carolina's favored by two. How about that? But I think they can beat the Panthers. Then they got the Jets at home. Another winnable game. Uh, you're going against Zach Wilson in his second year. 
32nd in offense, one of the lowest ratings in uh, for quarterbacks, they could beat the Jets. And then they got to play the Steelers at home. I don't think they'll beat the Steelers. I don't care which three quarterbacks they have. And then they got to play at the Falcons. The Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks are going to be the top five in the draft, guys. No offense to Atlanta fans, but that's my opinion. Uh, and then they're playing the Chargers and the Patriots, like I mentioned the other day in the Mac Jones. If they had Deshaun Watson, they probably beat the Patriots, or that's a close game. But now that they got Jacoby Brissett, I think I think the Patriots are going to win that game. So if you are very optimistic Browns fans, if, if they go three and three here and he comes back, by the way, he can practice three weeks before uh, that this game's over. If he can practice three weeks. My understanding is these guys can play in the preseason. My guess is he didn't play last year. I think he'll play in this preseason, Deshaun Watson. He'll play in this preseason. And if they could go three and three during this stretch, let's go over it again. At the Panthers, Jets at home, Steelers at home, at the Falcons, Chargers at home, Patriots at home. If they go three and three, I think they have a chance to get to the playoffs once Watson comes back, if they're relatively healthy, if Amari Cooper's there, uh, if the defense is somewhat intact. So there's some people saying that with, with, with this low suspension, that they can win the division. One guy put it out, one reporter put tweeted that out, and I thought, no, that I don't think so. I still think that that Cincinnati will win this division. Now, mind you, Cincinnati has upgraded their offensive line. They got three new offensive linemen there. They've upgraded their offensive line. They're coming off of a Super Bowl run. Uh, now, Cleveland didn't match up really well with them, beat them twice last year. But you upgrade this offensive line with that receiving core, with that defense playing at a really high level at the end of last year. Uh, They might not have their safety back, but they'll have pretty much everybody else back, including that coaching staff. I still like Cincinnati to win that division straight up, and I haven't even broke out every game. But I think that they're going to ride that momentum into this season, and they're still going to win this game. That does not mean that I don't think that Cleveland can get in as a wild card. Once you're in, you're in. Once you're in, you're in. So all that being said, I totally sign off on everything Cleveland did. All right? No matter. And I know a lot of people do not agree with me on this. They think he is a wretched person, uh, a low life, uh, uh, called everything uh, short of being a rapist, if I've read on the Internet about Deshaun Watson. But I told you why I think that Cleveland did what they did, and I thought they should do what they do because they're Cleveland. Because they've had one Pro Bowl quarterback alternate, Derek Anderson, in 2007. And then 30 years before that, the last guy they drafted was Bernie Kozar from Miami, and that was in the 80s. Important talent into Texas from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Watson... Watson's a player, you know, and I just think that if it's me, I'd probably go get therapy if I'm him. This almost cost him his career, and it sounds like he's got a sex addiction problem, judging by everything I'm reading. You go to that, you take that kind of chance on your career, uh, you've got a problem, you know. Not saying that he's perfect, not saying that I am, but he, he he's taking a big chance right there. But... As far as football wise, yeah, yeah, I do think, I do think that um, that they're going to be in the hunt to the end. Don't think they're going to win the division, but if you get in there, you get in there, you know. Okay, motivation. All these players, all of us in life, need a little bit of motivation. We need something, and I've said this about the contracts. You know, I've said this about um, uh, Kyler Murray. I said this about uh, uh, 
the addendum and everything for Kyler Murray, it's good to have that little bit of edge to prove somebody wrong. Uh, we're all human. Not everybody can stay motivated once their comfort brain tells them they're great. They got a, a, a big chunk of money in their pocket. They got more money on the way. And I want to thank it. I think it was uh, Hagler or Hearns. It might have been Hitman Hearns, Pickles. It says, it's hard to get up and do road work when you're boxing. It's a famous boxer from the 80s. I think it was Mar uh, Hitman Hearns. Or Mar Marvelous Marvin Hagler, I think it was, the ball headed guy. He says, you cannot get up from silk sheet. It's hard to get up sleeping on silk sheets and go do road work at 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, you got to have that drive. You got to have something driving you. And I noticed Kyler Murray was really ticked off about that. In him. They took it out. I would have kept it in. You got people like Warren Moon saying it was racist and all that. I don't know what it was per se, but I do know that there's when there's smoke, there's fire. And you want to keep that edge on these players and, and, and keep the player looking uh, at like they've got something to prove. And that's what I talk about, short contracts, keeping that carrot in front of the stick. You know, uh, the, uh, the art of war says people do better when they're backed into a corner. When they're backed up, people fight better. Uh, that's I mean, It's an ancient old book. Or somebody's got something that's gnawing at them. Kirk Cousins, general manager for the Minnesota Vikings, made a comment saying, you know, we're not really confident in that quarterback. You know, that was the Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Or Lamar Jackson. It came out that Lamar Jackson, uh, a defensive coordinator, said I, I, Lamar Jackson's not a number one quarterback. I don't care how many MVPs he gets. And quite frankly, I wouldn't pay him like a number one myself. But he's put on 30 pounds of muscle. He's supposed to be in the best shape of his career. And he's not holding out. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He did not run at the combine, Lamar Jackson, because people are doubting him. Tom Brady, criticized by the media for the first 10 years as a game manager, and he's brought that up. He was the sixth quarterback drafted. He knows everybody, the other five, and what they're doing and where they're drafted. My name, by memorization, uh, and here recently, five years ago, Max Kellerman said that Brady was falling apart. We're going to see the worst of Brady here in the next few years. Brady, last week, tweeted back at him. But when that comment and tagged Kellerman, Brady's won three Super Bowls, and he had the uh, uh, most passing yards last year since Kellerman made that comment. Okay? It's good to keep that edge. Charles Barkley said since he, uh, he, he failed Spanish class in senior year in high school, and he said he was so mad about not being able to walk with his class that he played as hard as he could every single game at Auburn going into the the Philadelphia uh, uh, era of his career. And he says, that I never thought I would play that hard. I never thought it would affect me that bad to, uh, 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 to not walk with my class because I could not pass Spanish class. I was very close to that, too. I had I was backed up, and my mom can can vouch for this. My mom watches the program. I had to have a C plus in French on the exam to graduate with my class French two. When I played around all year, did not pay attention. The Titans were really good that year. Went to the parade, blew off a lot of classes, and. I had my back against the wall. I wanted to walk with my friends. And that Friday, when I got home from school to study for those finals, I got home. I put my stuff down. I'm sitting at a table like I am now. 
We got out at 2 o'clock. At 2.30, I sat at that table to 10 o'clock at night. So I was dead tired. Went to sleep, got back up all day, 10 o'clock Saturday. Same thing Sunday, same thing in the Monday morning. And I aced that test. That's the hardest I've ever worked. The hardest, but my back was against the wall. I had that pressure on me. You know, we get the best at it. That's what we need to do with these players. The Kyler Murray thing, I think he'll play great next year. Aaron Judge is going for the home run record because the Yankees didn't pay him in the offseason. He's got, what, 40, 41? So, short contracts, stable uh, criticism. I get, I'm criticized all the time, guys. I know I have a regional accent. You know, I started late. I started at 36. I know there's people that are not good as me that's doing my job because they could afford to go to better schools and their first generation, their, their second, third generation college students. I'm not. But that's good. It keeps the edge. Pickle says Aaron Judge got 43 home runs. I don't think he would have played that good if he had $300 million and in eight to ten years added on the contract. I think Yankee fans are getting the best out of him because of that little edge. We're all human. People forget that. You know, people forget that. Uh, My dad told me this story. Michael Jordan in 1987 was criticized for not playing defense. So in 1988, he wins defensive player of the year. He wins the scoring title, and he wins the MVP. The only player I've ever heard of to do the trifecta like that in one year. Now, he didn't win the championship that year. He did not win the championship. And then when he started becoming really successful, he started making things up. Did you see the last dance? So it's a good thing that Kyler Murray feels disrespected. It's a good thing that Max Kellerman said that Tom Brady's worst years are ahead of him. It's a good thing that Aaron Judge didn't get the bag this year, if you're a Yankee fan. Kirk Cousins, once the general manager of the Washington then Redskins, called Kirk Cousins, Kurt Cousins, instead of Kirk with a K, in a press conference. And he did not uh, extend Cousins. Cousins was playing on a franchise tag. And Cousins had a career year. And then you remember him saying, you like that? You like that? And people say, who are you saying that at? He said, I'm talking to that general manager up there. I think it was Bruce, uh, whatever. The guy's no, well, Bruce Allen, I think is who it was. Washington. Best football I ever played, man. You know? So look at something to give you that edge. Look at Look for that. And this is okay. I like what Arizona did. You know, they could have waited. If it was me, I would have waited. He's only in year four going back to Kyler Murray. They could have waited, but they didn't. They seen a talent, you know. Uh, Another trend going on. Okay. Uh, DK Metcalf held out a few days. Now he's gotten paid. He's gotten a big extension there. Uh, Debo Samuel, speaking of football here, uh, he's got an extension. Uh, Now, I'll say this. I don't have any problems with receivers in this game of football uh, from where it is now. I understand a receiver won Super Bowl MVP. I understand the new rule changes. But I do think that sometimes – People get caught up in the fads. Uh, teams get caught up in the fads. A.J. Brown, really irritated because of guys like D.K. Metcalf, uh, Debo Samuel, okay, uh, Tyreek Hill, all got big extensions, including himself, all average about, not all of them. I know I know Tyreek has got a big deal, 20-plus uh, million a year. And A.J. Brown was mad because the Tennessee Titans traded him. Now, I don't mean to sound like a broken record. But these players, the, the, the draft 
is putting out players because the NFL, did you actually think that a guy like Kyler Murray 25 years ago would have got a contract like this? No. He's got this because the NFL is adopting and being successful with college concepts like they're running of there in Arizona. Okay. The NFL is also getting a lot of college receivers coming into the league and producing right off the bat. You've seen the 200-yard-plus games. What is it? Three pickles. Uh, uh, postseason records for rookies by Jamar Chase with with, with Cincinnati. All right? There's, by the guy, the, the guy he replaced was a fifth-round pick, Stephon Diggs. And there's a guy out of Detroit, Amon St. Brown, hottest receiver in NFL. Detroit, fourth-round pick, USC. Rookie. Justin Jefferson was coming into his third year. Part of that trade compensation that Minnesota got from Buffalo, Pro Football Focus has Jefferson as a uh, top five uh, receiver coming in this year. Why do these teams, and, and, and let me double down on what I said about Kansas City. They got the better deal. I still believe they got the better deal on that Tyreek Hill. All them draft picks. Plus, they've been able to sign Marquez Valdez-Scandling. Um, who was the other guy? Miko Hartman. Then they drafted a guy. Okay? But, you know, Cooper Cup was a third-round pick, folks. Jalen Waddle had a great year last year. He was a rookie. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. You know, and my thing is, it's okay. Like, if you got a quarterback... You did, when you want to invest in receivers, if you feel like you have to and you can't get a guy for cheap and the guy that's on the road, a guy that's wanting to get a Super Bowl ring or he's 30 years old and he's on third contract, when you got a quarterback at the first of his career and at the very end of his career, for example, Justin Herbert, Tua, you've got two uh, high draft quality uh, players, you got uh, Tyreek Hill and you got Jalen Waddle. Tua's rookie contract is making that happen. Justin Herbert, Mike Williams has got twenty million dollars a year. That's the other one. And then you also got Keenan Allen. Now Herbert's on a rookie contract, and they drafted well. But more often than not, you're going to get bit if you keep paying wide receivers big money. You know. They're probably, and me, I would have probably moved off of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. I probably wouldn't have signed Mike Williams. He's too inconsistent. Because I like Josh Palmer. Another guy took it in a draft. But I, I like, I mean, I'm okay with what the 49ers done. Because Trey Lance is a young quarterback. You want tight ends. You want to put a little bit extra in your tight ends and receivers for the young quarterback. Before you get the left tackle. Now, they've got the left tackle at Trent Williams. Probably the best left tackle in football right now. So that that's okay. I, I like what they did. Now, they're trying to get rid of, and they're probably going to release him in the week, next week. My prediction, Jimmy Garoppolo will be traded to release him in the next week because we're already in training camp. Every, all, all 32 teams are there. Uh, the Watson thing has been done. Maybe Cleveland's right. I don't know. Okay. But this this twenty million dollars, I'm okay with what Tennessee did. They got Traylon Burks. The the draft is give they're giving you receivers at rookie contracts. But my thing is, don't sign them past. Uh, and I'm hearing Deontay Johnson's not even close with 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 Pittsburgh on extension. I'm thinking, but dude, you're inconsistent. You had a great year year before last. You do nothing. Of course you're not close with Pittsburgh. Of course you're not. And Pittsburgh let Juju walk last year. Pittsburgh's going to be fine. They're going to be fine because they do a good job drafting wide receivers. I don't know what they're going to do with Tomlin, but they're going to be fine, you know. So, again, like I said, Josh Palmer, who heard of him? He's, he's come, he came up big at the end. Amon St. Brown. Uh, 
fourth round pick Detroit last year. Jalen Waddle, he was a draft pick last. Jamar Chase for crying out loud. They didn't even they didn't even need to draft him. I would have still took Panay Sewell at left tackle because of the other two players that they had at wide receiver. So I think Tennessee's probably going as much as I'm going to miss AJ Brown. He had a knee injury, uh, and plus they had they knew that Traylon Burks. They think Traylon Burks is a, is a quick uh, uh, equivalent. To, to A.J. Brown, and, and they're probably right. They're probably right. It's still about the quarterback. We, I think Devontae Smith set the world on fire in Alabama. He looked pedestrian last year because it's still about the quarterback because Jalen Hurts cannot read defenses. He can't make his second read, and, you know, no offense to Jamie, great guy, hope to bring him on the program, hopefully more than once, to realize he's not the guy. It's still about the quarterback. You know, again, very beginning of another career, rookie contract. You can get away with signing a receiver to big money and throw a big tight in there too. Throw a Greg Olson, a young Greg Olson. Throw a George Kittle in there, right? Mark Andrews. Look how good he's he's worked out for for Mar, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, but middle career, when you're starting to pay that quarterback that is the quarterback. 30, 40, 45, 50 million coming up in the near future, you're not going to be able to afford it. Take care of your line first. You want to get those receivers through the draft, like I just pointed out. Detroit getting them on St. Brown in the fourth round. Stefan Diggs was a fifth round. Cooper Cup, MVP, he was a third round pick. If you have good scouts, you will find them. Look at what Pittsburgh's done over the years. They're going through receiver after receiver after receiver. They're drafting. We'd be here all day talking about draft picks, the receivers that were picked by uh, uh, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf played on the same team. They were both second-round picks. Both of them hit. That's that. Uh, they both played for Ole Miss in college, you know. But my thing is you can find them. If you put forth the effort, you know. So, anyways, okay, that was a baseball trade. Juan Soto, as reported, as I said, Buster on it, he said he's going to be traded. I uh, end up going to the going to the San Diego Padres. You know, I got to give the Padres a lot of credit here. Uh, they're fifty-eight and forty-six. You know, they're a small market team. They've got an aggressive ownership. Uh, Juan Soto for two years at $6 million a year and Josh Bell for a boatload of players, uh, most of them prospects, Robert Hassel, James Wood, number three in 2020. I mean, just just uh, uh, five prospects, essentially. So these guys have... Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, which a way too long contract. He's hurt again. And then they brought in Hader. I think it was a pitcher there. And now they got Juan Soto. But Machado, Soto, and Tatis, uh, if you paid Soto, I mean, that's three big players right there. Machado's playing well. But kudos to them. Uh, I looked at their payroll. They're fifth in the mat in the major leagues. They're all on the only game in town. I get it. The Chargers have left. But they're like two set, 213 a year. And the LA Dodgers are, are 270. So they're competing right there with LA. Pretty good trade there. I was really surprised that that San Diego would pull it off. Uh, ESPN put out Juan Soto will be the first player in MLB history, 23 or younger, to change teams mid-seasons the year he was an all-star. Padres will get a World, uh, World Series champion, MVP, runner-up, two-time Silver Slugger, home run derby champion, 
and the youngest player in the NL history to win the batting title. They may have hit a home run. You know, I like that. I like the fact, and that's good for baseball. That is really good for baseball. They tried to get Eric Hosner in there, but I think he had like a no trade clause and he didn't want to do it. But I thought that I thought that was pretty interesting, Pickles. Let's see. What else did I have in here? Bill Russell died. You know, I did not know that the former Laker great was 88 years old. You know, I thought he was about 78. But Bill Russell passed away over the weekend. And you know what I really liked about a guy like that who grew up when things were really bad? You had real racism. You didn't have a lot of people um, claiming to be victims and not and not trying to. Uh, Bill Russell, and, and my dad used to talk about Russell all the time. I got another football story, too. I almost missed it. But Bill Russell... Uh, one of the better underrated defenders of all time uh, kept Wilt Chamberlain from everything I hear and read. And this is way before my time, but kept Wilt Chamberlain in check. Kept seven foot tall Wilt Chamberlain, guy who once scored a hundred points in the game, in check. Uh, you know, 11, 11 NBA. Championships, two as a coach, five-time league MVP, two-time NCAA champ. Some say could be the greatest of all time. You know, passed away. Um, one of the most impact athletes in American history is what, what the Bleacher Report says, and I agree. You know, and he never claimed to be a victim. And you know what I like about him? Even up to 10 years ago, he says he could still play with these guys. Pickle says, uh, Hater may be the, the best closer in the game. So the Padres, I got to check on their odds. But, yeah, rest in peace, Bill Russell. Love everything you stand for. Uh, him and Red Arback. there's a picture of him on the athletic here. Uh, kudos to Red guy like Red Arback. You know, Red Arback made a point. He says, he says, I drafted black players in the 50s and 60s when nobody wanted black players. And he says, in the 80s, nobody wanted the white players, so I drafted the white players and won with both. Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, Bill Russell, the great. And he's the first coach, too. Very interesting guy. What a heck of a life. Okay. Uh, almost missed this story. So much news breaking, I couldn't keep up with all of it. But uh, Tom Brady... Speaking of going back to Tom Brady, he's got three offensive linemen out. And that he's lost. Uh, the center looks like he's going to be out for a while. Chris Jansen, I think, is his name. And they've still got some time to sign some paper, maybe bring in J.C. Treader, somebody like, like that. But I wanted to point out the fact that this Saints team – same coaching staff, except for Sean, uh, Sean uh, Payton. I've been watching all week. Michael Thomas is healthy again, running routes. They got Tyron Matthew, Honey, uh, Honey Badger. They also signed Jarvis Landry, former LSU Tiger, with them. And you look at their defense, this team – that nobody's talking about. By the way, they've got Andy Dalton as a backup who may beat Jameis Winston, who's coming back from ACL skirt. He may beat Jameis Winston in camp and become the starter. Nobody's talking about that. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at those injuries to the offensive line of this team, and I'm thinking to myself, this team with three quarterbacks. Let's, let's count this up. I got last year's schedule here. They had four quarterbacks play last year. Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, uh, Hill, and, of course, some guy named Book. And Hill, I guess, it, uh, Taysen Hill, the, the, the gadget guy. 
And this team, this Saints team, beat the Packers, who went to the playoffs, beat the Patriots in, in New England, who went to the playoffs, uh, beat the Tampa Bay Bucks at home, and did turn around, went on the road, and beat them in Tampa. Shut them out 9 nothing with Taysom Hill, quarterback. And they won four out of their last five. They won four out of their last five. They got, now, think about Andy Dalton. He don't make big mistakes. That's what I like about Andy Dalton. Now, he don't make big plays. He folds in big games, but he don't make big mistakes. That's, that's a team to watch. That is a team to watch. That is a dark horse team. With the right breaks, this team could get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that today, but I'm looking at the talent that they have. I'm looking at the, the schedule and the game that they won. Although they had all those upsets, they were nine and eight last year, guys. With four quarterbacks and a coach that was in and out because of COVID. And you guys think I'm just supposed to write that off? No way. They're better this year. They've got a really good general manager who gets around things. I don't know how Mickey Loomis does it. Maybe he's cheating. I don't know. But I just think that's going to be a very interesting. And mind you, they've got Chris Olivey, and they've got in the draft, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, it's gonna be a team. This is a this is a dark horse team. And with that offensive line, Brady's pushing four. Is he 45? And you've got Atlanta's gonna be a dumpster fire in that division. They could win the South. Did not want to let that, did not want to let that story go. Um funny, funny little soundbite I got for you, everybody. Uh switching gears to why that Nick Saban's really paranoid, not the fact that that Texas has um, a lot of endowment, but how good of a recruiter and a script that Jimbo Fisher has in his head. He was on Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd said, I'm a five-star guy. Tell me what uh, is going to separate Texas from everybody else. Listen up. This is really good. I heard this last week. I think it was last Thursday on his show. And I'll see if I can get it here. Uh, I think it is this one. You know, Jimbo. It's Jimbo Fisher. Texas. Oh, my good Lord, Jimbo. You know, uh, boy, that Sark guy, boy, he really Talking sells about me. Sarkeesian, oh, but so, Texas. Listen, here's, here's what negative has. It has the most complete package of any school in the country. You're talking about culture of university. This place is unbelievable. When you get here, you'll see it. The commitment that people have. It's top 20 educational school in the country. Education's through the roof. The commitment that we have made for our friends right now, we're building a new $160 million facility right now. It's going to be state-of-the-art, which no one in the country is going to have for your personal development, what we have. We have coaches that won the five coaches that won a national championship. We have coaches that have put as many NFL players in the NFL as we can. Afterwards, you're talking about this. We're the sixth richest school in the country with an $18 billion endowment for life after Woo! You're talking about one of the two largest alumni associations in the country and 550,000 alums. There's 109,000 people in every game. You're playing an SEC schedule each and every time. And here's the important thing. I want, do you want to go somewhere that has won a championship or you want to be the first to do it? The people you remember, the guys that really make a difference in the world, and the guys that are the first to do it. If you go somewhere else and just be another guy, you're just another guy. Come here and be the first guy to ever do it set the standard for a new organization. Those are the ones got statues outside. <laughs> I mean, Jimbo Fisher, I don't know if you all can hear that really well, but he talks about their endowment, uh, the education level, playing in the SEC every week. And I was all off top of his head. I'm sure Kyle didn't say, I'm going to tell you about the pitchman. Now, all that is off top of his head. All that script. And I don't really like, but Bomani Jones guy's kind of a race baiter with ESPN, but he did say something funny one time. He says, what you're going to see in the SEC is ABC and always be crew. 
He left the, re, the R out, but always be recruiting. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher, I thought that was a really interesting tidbit uh, from him. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Saban don't sleep well at night because they're creeping right up on top of him. That plus he mentioned sixth in endowment. I thought they were like one or two. I thought he's being modest. $18 billion plus $160 million facility. That's why they got eight five-star guys. Plus they're probably getting some NIL money out of this world. If you guys like the show, share the show. Uh, Pickle says Jimmy G may go to New Orleans. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo could go to New Orleans. That is a $64,000 question. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm looking at potential Super Bowl if I go to New Orleans. They've had the same uh, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator there for years. I think they'll be A-OK. But uh, if you guys like the show, share the show. If not, I will be back on same place, same time. 9 p.m. Central. If you want to contribute to the program, you can go to the Z-E-L-L-E app as listed at the bottom of the screen here and at uh, the word sports sports with an S and scope at gmail.com is my email address. Have a good night, everybody.